best understanding of America begins, or so it seems to us, with the realization that this nation is young yet, that she is still new and unfinished, that even now, America is man's greatest adventure in time and space. The University of North Carolina presents American Adventure, a study of man in the new world, his values and his characteristics, who he is, what he believes, what he lives by. American Adventure is produced on a grant and aid from the National Association of Educational Broadcasters, made possible by the Educational Television and Radio Center. Written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton. Today's program, The Yankee Loves a Lady, takes place shortly after the close of the Civil War. This is the story of the president of the University of North Carolina, David Swain, and of his daughter Ellie, and of a Yankee general. I remember her and how she loved him and how she went away from here. Well, I remember as if it were only the other day when the dust was barely settling on Franklin Street, when the university students were all coming back from fighting with Lee and Jackson, and a horse rode up from the south, dust folding around its legs, and the rider reined up in front of Ellie Swain's father's house. Nonsense. It's very true, Mr. Swain. Why are they coming here? Can't you see the danger of having them in this town? A constant reminder of the war? I only brought the message, sir. Damn it, why don't they... What, sir? Why don't they leave us alone? Is there a message to take back, sir? Yes. Tell the Yankees they'll find us in our homes. So they came to Chapel Hill, the Yankee soldiers and their general, General Smith Atkins by name, and many a window curtain rustled as they rode down Franklin Street for that first time, and many a lip quivered, and many a frown was on the faces. They burned the South, and then they come to live with us. They kill my boy, and now they come to my town. Let them be. Nothing to be done about it. President Swain will take care of my wife. He's smart. He'll give them a word or two. He'll tell them the war is over. The trouble is, Ellie, the war is not over. This isn't peace. It's a hatred as deep now as it was before. You'd better go to your room, dear. Oh, Father. I may have a Yankee caller or two here at the house before long. Go on to your room. Very well. Just let me leave this book. Oh, did you read it? Well, I read part of it. Oh, it's a very good book, isn't it? It's the dullest book I've ever seen. Oh, is it? <laughs> I thought you might like astronomy. No, Father. Well, I don't have any romantic books, except one or two stuck back. <laughs> that I'm too young to read. I'm 21, Father. Are you? Well, you'll be old enough to understand about everything shortly. Really, Father? Yes, pretty soon. I expect to see you get married. That's the way for parents. 
Give birth to children, then the children marry, birth and marriage. Marriage and birth, Father. Huh? Oh, oh yes. <clears throat> now, now, see here, no more of that. Uh, go to your room, Ellie. That Yankee general sent word he was coming by tonight. I hope you put him in his proper place. Well, I'll first have to see what place you let me put him in. <laughs> Come in, General. Thank you, Mr. President. You may close the door as you go out, Howard. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. President, it's a pleasure to see you. Sit down, General. Yes. Shall I call you Mr. President or Mr. Swain or what? I am called Mr. Governor or President. You were Governor of North Carolina. Yes, but I rather like Mr. myself. I see. You're remarkably young for a General. Yes. It's quite appropriate that you call to see me. I appreciate it. It shows, perhaps, that you are here to work with us and not against our community and our university. That is my intention, sir. The people of Chapel Hill don't like your being here, of course. But, after all, we're not without some fault in the matter. Let's try to work together, shall we? I'm glad you said that, sir. That's the only way. Oh, may I offer you some tea? Thank you. Or would you prefer wine? I would prefer wine. Howard? Howard? Oh, we have some fine wine, in my opinion. Howard, some wine. What is it you want, Father? Ellie, uh, I thought I told you to... Yes, Father? Uh, where's Howard? I don't know. I heard you yelling. I, I thought you might be in danger of attack from the Yankee general. <clears throat> uh, general Atkins, may I present you to my daughter? How do you do? I do what I can for the Confederate cause, sir. Oh? Yes. And I've been wanting to get a look at you. Am I... Uh... Am I a subject for scrutiny? Scrutiny, among other things. Ellie, go find some wine. I don't know where we hid the wine, Father. Could it be in the same hole with the silverware? <clears throat> I hate to dig around for it until the war is really over. Ellie, you know very well we kept some wine out. It's down in the cellar. Now, send Howard to fetch it for General Atkins. General? Ah, how young for that rank. Yes, General Sherman had many young officers. I'm not surprised, really. You're not, Ellie. No. With the whole South to burn, he probably needed officers who would be careless about fire. <coughs> uh, Ellie, go find the wine. If you like. Good night. Oh, shall we see you again, General, or not? Well, I had been unsure of that until now. But I rather like a challenge, Miss Swain. I should like to call again. Well, perhaps you could uh, bring a friend for me to talk to. Good night. Dear Lord... General Atkins was not discouraged by Ellie Swain's attitude. It was the very next afternoon, in fact, that his military band marched down to President Swain's house. The band members were nicely uniformed, and they made a pretty picture as they took their places on the lawn of the big colonial house. General Atkins watched from his black horse as the players warmed up their instruments. Father, what in the world is that? A band. Where? Right out there, see? But why? Oh, I haven't any idea. It's a Yankee band, of course. And there's General Atkins giving them the order to commence. Oh, look, he took his hat off and uh, saluted the house. All oh, the disgusting things. Why, I think he's going to serenade me, Ellie. What is the name of that song? Come Where My Love Lies Dream. Yeah. It's a remarkable choice, isn't it? 
Ellie, where are you going? I'm going to close the windows. Ellie! Ellie, they, they heard you out there. See? Uh, the people in the street are giggling. How dare you? You must remember who we are, Father. I will not be serenaded by a Yankee band. This serenading went on for several afternoons. The band playing romantic music. And Ellie slamming windows. Then it was on a Friday afternoon that General Atkins came once more to call. Is your daughter home, Mr. Swain? Uh, uh, well, I, I think so. Why? Well, I, I should like to talk to her. Oh, Ellie knows very little about politics, and I think it might be better... I, uh, I'm extremely anxious to talk to her, sir. Oh? Well, I'll, I'll call her. Ellie? Ellie? What is it, Father? Come to the parlor, if you will. Oh, say, General, uh, did you read that book on astronomy I loaned you? Hmm? Uh, why, part of it. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, very well written. Isn't it? Very concise. Straight to the point. I uh, learned uh, something about the stars. Oh, yes. Of course, the study of the sun's planets and their orbits is far more interesting, I think. Oh, yes. And it all fits in with Greek mythology. You see, the planets were named by the Greeks... Uh, Mercury, Mars, Venus, and the rest. Oh, of course. Uh, now, I have a book here on Greek mythology, which follows, naturally. I uh, tried to get Ellie to read it, but, well, Ellie is rather, well... Oh, oh, come in, Ellie. Yes, Father. Uh, the general wants to talk to you. Uh, sit down and be quiet. Thank you, Father. Good afternoon, Miss Swain. Yes, and I must thank you, General, for serenading my father during the pleasant afternoons this week. Oh, you're quite welcome. But uh, don't you think your choice of music was rather out of place? Perhaps General Atkins didn't choose the music. No, I chose it. Every piece of it. You did? I did indeed. As a matter of fact, the band members are rather angry with me. <laughs> they had to learn all those romantic selections, of course. They were rather removed from battle songs. As far as a general can get, Miss Swain. And why... Why did you select this music? Because I thought it pleasantly expressed some pleasant thoughts. What are you two talking about? But it was called to my attention, rather loudly, on one or two afternoons that the music was not appreciated. Yes. Ellie, you ought to apologize for all that window slamming. People all over Chapel Hill have been stopping me and telling me that they felt that... that they uh, uh, felt what, Mr. Swain? Uh, that they think it's wonderful for Miss Swain to slam wonders in the Yankees' face? Well, I keep trying to point out that I think you and your men have acted very well, uh, considering I've uh, told Ellie to stop it, but, Lord, a woman's will is something I never could figure out. Miss um, Swain. Yes? And Mr. Swain, too. I... I have a very difficult job here in Chapel Hill, as you know. I want to get another assignment, one outside the South. There's no need for me in this town. Yes. yes. But I try to do the best I can here, of course. And this feeling that that you in this house, you leaders of this community, that, that you resent my presence here, it works to our disadvantage, yours and mine. Well, uh, I tell you what, General Atkins... I think Ellie should stop closing those windows. I insist on it, Ellie. That would be helpful, but not helpful enough. Uh, you see... What? Perhaps some gesture that would say to the people that we are not enemies anymore. Miss Swain. Yes? 
Would you go to ride with me tomorrow afternoon? With you, General? It's a very little thing to ask, isn't it, really? A very little thing, General. Of course she will. Father. Then the people will know that we want order. No more tension here. No more nonsense. Father, I never... The war's over, so... So, uh, go to ride with this Yankee. Uh, I mean with General Atkins here, and be done with it. Tomorrow at 4 p.m., General, Ellie will be ready. General's carriage arrived the next day, there was some talk about it, of course. But when Ellie Swain came out of her father's house and got into the carriage, well, there was more talk than needed to be. And as the two rode off toward the center of town, a wave of comment followed them close behind. through the center of Chapel Hill. I thought it would be nice. Everyone is looking at us. That's the idea, Miss Wade. And if I may say so, you drive these horses very poorly. Oh? And slowly. The horses are at a trot, Miss Swain. Can't they gallop? Your hat is about to fly off your head now, Miss Swain. down the street once, General. Yes, but see how many more people are out here now. It looks like they're waiting for a parade. I wonder if you couldn't find some less, less congested area. Would you like to ride in the country with me, Miss Wade? I would not. Then up and down through town we go. Up and down through town. Now, where is this overlook from which we can see Durham? I want to go home. You said you would take me to a place where I could see Durham if I leave the center of town. <sighs> All right, it's, it's right over there, but you'll have to walk. Then let's go. I'll, uh, I'll stay here in the carriage. Now, Miss Swain, you wouldn't let me get off in the woods and then drive back to town in my carriage, would you? General, why... why... Yes, you would, but you won't. I can see me now come walking into town, trudging up the streets. No. Come along. We'll go together. All right. But if anybody sees us, I'll... I'll just die. So there is Durham, you see? I see a house or two. Well, that's what Durham is. And there is Raleigh. Where? Through there. You can see the buildings. Oh, yes. I've seen the capital before, you know. I should imagine so. General Sherman kept his horses in it. <laughs> this is a beautiful view, I will admit. Sit down, Miss Swain. What? I said, let's sit down. Well, I will sit on this rock, and you on that one. That should be appropriate, I would say. There's a... A rock near here, you know, that has a story about it. What? Two students fought a duel over a girl and one killed the other. That's a story? I've made up better stories than that around a campfire. Well, I don't know what stories serve around a campfire, General Atkins, but the university finds that one does very well. I can assure you it would not go around a campfire. There's blood on the stone. <laughs> oh, no, please. It's true. <laughs> well, even so, it wouldn't go well around a campfire. You see the man down there in the valley? Where? 
By those trees. Taking his cows toward the barn? Oh, yes. When I was a boy, I used to milk cows. You, General? Yes. I was a boy, you know. I milked cows, fished the pond, planted corn. Went to school and irritated the teachers. I was a difficult sort of boy. I should imagine. I rather like bad boys. There's so much good to be said about them, about their spirit, their fire, their rebellious attitude. I like that in a way. Then you must like the South. I do like the South well enough. It's not what I expected, of course. Why, half the people are good, substantial farmers without slaves. They're just like farmers in the North. Well, they look a little poorer, partly because one can't see the cattle and hogs they have in the pine woods. I've heard some of the farmers have had a thousand head of cattle in the woods before the war. Yes, they did. That farmer is closing the barn doors. Yes. How many thousand times has he closed those same doors? I'm quite sure. I don't know. And now, what's to become of him, Miss Swain? Do you really care? Yes. Yes, I care. How you can fight a people for years and then care about their welfare is quite a question. But I care. I dare say that man is very much like I would have been if I'd been born in his place. They're lighting up the houses over in Durham now. Oh, so they are. There. Somebody lit another lantern, you see? Mm-hmm. Amazing how far a lantern can be seen. <laughs> You're quite a poet in a way. A poet? Did you ever think of becoming a writer? No. Might like to become an editor. <laughs> oh. I have to be a general of some sort, you know. Perhaps someday I will be an editor. <laughs> The sword and then the pen. The match and then the paper. Oh, and don't you ever get tired of that tired joke about Sherman's fires. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Miss Swain. Yes? It's getting dark. Yes, it is. It will be quite dark when we drive back to town. Yes. What will the people say, do you suppose? I don't know, General Atkins. said a good deal. In fact, all Orange County had a word to say, including the man who had put his cow in the barn, and all his family, and all like him. And everyone had even more to say as General Atkins continued to call on Ellie, and when he gave Mr. Swain and Ellie each a beautiful riding horse. That's what they do. The Yankees come here and steal our horses, and then give them to us. Prettiest horses I ever saw. Why did David Swain accept them? I don't know. I just don't understand it. He never did want this war, you know. So I've heard. That's the trouble with this state. Didn't have a leader that wanted the war. So they talked, and so the weeks passed, and General Atkins continued to call on Miss Swain. And soon it came to be general knowledge that the two of them fancied themselves to be in love. So I asked for the transfer, as you know. Now the confounded thing has come through. Transferred to Illinois, you say? Yes. I'm to report up there in a couple of weeks. Uh, I see. Probably give this town a lot less to talk about, won't it? After a while. Do they... Do they talk to you? No. No. Nobody does except Father. 
I go down the street, nobody talks. I ask for some cloth at the store. The clerk wraps it up and tells me how much it is. That's all he says. I shouldn't have come to call on you so often. Even, Mother. The other night she wouldn't eat at the same table with me. Father got very angry with her, but she went on up to her room and ate there. Ellie, I can't leave you in this to face this situation alone. Oh, they'll forget very quickly. I know very well how quickly the Southerner will forget. All Sherman's generals know. Ellie, come with me. No, no, don't even say that. Come with me to Illinois. Marry me. No, please. You can't stay here. I can't leave. You just don't understand. Yes, I do. I love you. And what would your parents say when they found out you had married me? They would love you once they know you. Would they care to know me? Of course they would. And my mother, yes, and father. He seems reconciled to my seeing you. He is, but already the people in the whole state are talking, so mother says. All the political prestige my father has built up, all his authority here in Chapel Hill is being lost. And if we marry, it will be lost. Do you want to marry me, Ellie? Yes. If your father gives his consent... But he can't. Ellie, do you love me more than you love your family? General Atkins, please. More than your father, more than your mother, more than your community, more than your friends. I love you more than all of that, Ellie. Do you love me? I love you, yes, Is that love worth more to you than all the rest? It, It is, yes, but... I know your family. We will talk to your father now, if you like. We'll ask his consent. But we can expect it only if we tell him that the love we have for each other is worth all the rest. Worth all the rest, is it, General Atkins? Yes, sir. To me. And I think to Ellie here. (laughs) Well, General, that statement could only come from a man who has Cupid's arrow planted in his chest. Hmm. You and Ellie plan to go off and start your own country, do you? No, Mr. Swain, but I can't... Won't you ever leave your isolation and go to the market? You ever plan to vote? Don't you like neighbors? Are your children going to school? Father, please try to understand. Yes, dear, I will, but listen to me. Yes, sir. Don't deceive yourself. Ellie, you're a Juliet, a Montague, and he's a Capulet. And your marriage may be a bitter thing before it's through. Sir, this war is over. The wounds aren't closed. But the bitterness should stop. The bitterness can't stop. And the people will not simply gossip about you once you marry, as they do now. They will hate you. I know, Father. Really, I know. Then consider it. It's a mild winter when love will keep you warm. Sir, you sound as if there is nothing to be said for the love I hold for your daughter and the love she holds for me. No, I do not mean that. It would seem to me that if the world is full of bitterness, then those who can go beyond bitterness should do so and must. Father, in the book I read, Venus must have Mars or there is no universe. (laughs) Ellie, I declare... You also should have read that book on mythology, in which case you'd never compare yourself to that winch Venus, nor General Atkins to Mars. They were not, well, they were not exactly constant in terms of morals. But uh, about your problem here, I can only say, don't love blindly. And it is not your duty to desert your duty to your families and your communities. Sir, I love your daughter and she loves me. I think our marriage will be considered with disfavor by some. But, sir, this way, the way we choose to take, will ultimately serve the very people, north and south, who may hate us for it. And this way may be our duty. An excellent argument, General Atkins. And, God willing, you may be right. As for my parents, I cannot believe they will be bitterly displeased. 
So chiefly it comes down to our gaining permission from you. And you're recognizing that it will not be a bed of roses. Yes. Well, as for me, I, I have watched your romance develop, and it would be a shocking thing for me to clip the stem now that the flowering is to take place. So my best wishes to the two of you. Father, what will this mean to you in this state? My dear, I think a cross carried for love is worth carrying. But, sir... Now I have made up my mind, and like the foolish man, I do not want to be confused by the facts. You are a part of me, and if I sacrifice some other part for your sake, it's my decision. That's the end of it. And mother? Never fear, she'll understand. She will go to the wedding and weep. And when you and General Atkins ride away in his carriage, she will weep again. Then we will come back to this house, to this room. And we will sit in these chairs, talk about how beautiful you were. Oh, Father. And we will be happy because you are happy. Not superficially, but deeply happy. But only if you understand what lies ahead of you and are strong enough to face it. Only if you realize now that your marriage is both right and wrong, and you will reap both reward and consequences. I do understand, Father. Believe me. And you, General? Yes, sir. Your love for my daughter is strong enough, is it? Yes, sir. Strong enough, come what may. Well, I hope grandchildren may come of it, General Atkins. Swain and General Smith Atkins were married, and there were few who came to their wedding, but some of us did. And later, I hear Smith Atkins became an editor in Illinois, and their children or their children's children may be listening now. Well, in that case, I will tell them this, that today when the story is told in Chapel Hill, all the people say, that's a good story. We like Smith Atkins, and we like Ellie Swain. We're glad she was one of us, and we're proud of her father. American Adventure is written by John Ely, directed by John Clayton and is produced by the Communication Center of the University of North Carolina, Earl Wynn Director. These programs are produced on a grant and aid from the National Association of Educational Broadcasters, made possible by the Educational Radio and Television Center, an independent agency established by the Ford Foundation. They're intended for use by educational and commercial radio stations in this and other countries, and by schools for in-school listening purposes. They're in almost all cases based on actual events. Today's program, The Yankee Loves a Lady, presented Gail Ely as Ellie Swain, with William Waddell as David Swain, and John Bonnets as Smith Atkins. Marion Fitzsimmons narrated. Others in the cast were James Adams, Harold Gleitz, Carl Venters, and Betty Waddell. Cast members of American Adventure are students, professors, and townspeople of the university community. As a postscript to this final program in the American Adventure series, we would like to read excerpts from a letter written by Mrs. Susan Rackley of Freeport, Illinois. Quote, On Sunday, October 16, 1955, I listened to the story 
A Yankee Loves a Lady, as presented on your educational radio network program. I am the only living daughter of General Smith Atkins and Ella Swain, about whom the story was portrayed. I was so pleased because I did not realize that anyone else knew the story of the courtship and marriage of my parents. The story as you presented it over the radio was just as it was told to me by my father a long time ago. I'm nearly 78 years old, so I'm having a friend type this letter for me. End of quotation. Signed, Mrs. Susan Rackley, Freeport, Illinois. We are grateful to Mrs. Rackley for sharing this final broadcast with us. Your comments concerning the American Adventure series will be welcomed and should be addressed to American Adventure, National Broadcasting Company, New York. This program originated through the facilities of station WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Enjoy original drama on your Neutralite Radio Theater Sunday over most NBC radio stations. <laughs>